0: Okay. okay okay you okay, let's
1: have you start. you start okay, okay uh welcome to the very first episode of sound digressions and um a podcast about we don't know what yet
0: we have no idea,
1: no actually. we have looked at the landscape. Uh, the podcasting landscape—the boom in podcasts in the podcasting world—and decided life? that right now, while the pool is overflowing, where everyone is throwing their hat into the ring, we should also dump another bucket of water into that overflowing pool of podcasts. Uh, yeah,
0: we figured that this oversaturation was the perfect time. <laughs> to dive in head first without a life jacket and try our best. So here we are. Here we are. And yeah, Yeah. there you go. So I'm uh, I'm Monique.
1: And you are uh, where?
0: Oh, right. Uh, (laughs) I'm Monique and I'm in Berlin.
1: And I am Samuel and I'm in Montreal. Yeah, and
0: Samuel and I know each other from back in... Today, 2011
1: we've known each other for quite a long time
0: 2011 yeah oh that's true i thought i was... no. you're right 2011 because that's
1: when you i'm pretty sure it's 2011 yeah
0: interesting yeah so uh oh my god that's 10 years so it's that's this 10 year's, year's our 10-year friend anniversary
1: it'll be in april i'm pretty sure it'll be in april yeah.
0: wow my yeah. birthday my birthday's in april <laughs> what day is your uh, birthday April 28th. 28th. You're a well, total birthday. Oh, I miss your birthday, like, yeah. this year and every year, I think, I always miss your birthday. No? Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> How are you doing, Monique? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing okay.
1: Surviving
0: yeah. this pandemic. Uh, Left the house today. Where did uh, you go? Oh, I bought some groceries at an open-air market.
2: Okay, that sounds nice. I bought
0: a, a bag of bruised bananas for one euro. Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic experience, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was pretty much it. How about you?
1: I haven't left the house today. Uh, I'm doing okay. I feel like I, I got into... You know how in the pandemic you get into these cycles this kind of like unpredictable cycle, for me, it's like unpredictable cycles of like ups and downs. And the ups are not really that high. It's more like, you know, going back to whatever normal might mean. Uh, You know, kind of like an average kind of like feeling of like, just being. And then, you know, as the pandemic progresses, there's like certain days where I just feel particularly low. I feel like I had one two days ago. I was just like, for no particular reason, Nothing has particularly changed in my life situation, but for without warning, it just comes and it's like you ride like a low wave for like however long. Like um, a
0: wave that kind of just slaps you in the face.
1: Right. Um, yeah. But then yesterday I helped a friend move and, you know, so that get, got me out of the house for like more than half of the day. Lots of moving around, lifting stuff, running up and down stairs, so I feel like that had like a positive uh, effect on my mood, and then today I'm I'm tired and I'm sore, but I'm feeling better.
0: That's hard. I mean, I think, isn't it also clinically proven that these sort of acts of generosity and kindness also help our mood um, when we feel like we're helping another being yeah. doesn't have to be human, but yeah, it mm. okay. makes a difference. Which uh, actually is an interesting uh, segue. Speaking of beings,
1: one second, uh, I think you're maybe you need to put your microphone closer to your mouth. I feel like your volumes interrupt a little bit.
0: Oh, really? Okay, there you yeah. go. How's yeah. this? That's great. All right, cool. Thank you for telling me. You were saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to, uh, segue into speaking about our topic for today. Great. Actually, yeah. Very which is? interesting topic, which Samuel suggested <laughs> this week, which is the topic of Oumuamua. Which,
2: Oumuamua.
0: Oumuamua. Spelled O U M U A M U A. Pronounced. Oh boa,
2: boa. Yes.
1: Yeah. And fascinating. It's the first observed interstellar object to pass through our solar system. And it did so uh it was first detected on like the nineteenth of october in twenty seventeen. Right. Uh and it was observed just as it was like on its way out. So, or on its way away from the sun. So it it passed, like, really close by to the sun and then accelerated out. And that's, it was during this exit that they first observed it and, like, did calculations and noticed that it had been much closer before, before they saw it. The, they being people with telescopes and, well, with, like... Pretty high power telescopes. And then once it was detected, uh, all sorts of telescopes were pointed at it. The Hubble, the. uh, What's the other one that's out there in space? The Hubble's the old one.
0: I can't
2: remember
0: the name. Oh, yeah? Doesn't it start with an S? The other one? Mm, I can't remember. Stats. And loose me now. That word is just on the tip of my tongue. No, I have no idea. Um, I think I saw it in an article.
2: Uh, Spitzer. By, by, uh,
0: but there was also like this, uh, telescope in Chile that they also pointed towards. it. I think it was kind of, it seems as though when the first telescope in Hawaii. Uh, observed it, then it was like all man's on deck, like, holy shit! Right. What have we got here? Yeah. And probably, I just, when I was reading about it, I had this image of, like, sort of, um, some, like, some super influential scientist being on vacation with right. his family, uh, whatever constellation that might be. And then the scientist getting this text message or this call being like, dude, check your email. And that scientist happens to be be
1: on vacation in Hawaii?
0: I don't know. I don't know about Hawaii. And then
1: runs over to the
2: telescope?
0: (laughs) No, not that he runs over to the telescope. That he gets it, that he's, that this, well, he, I I will just use the pronoun of scientist, but the scientist then is alerted of the situation and is like, hey, dude, check this out. I know Mm -hmm. you're on vacation. Sorry too bad so sad but like we got a potential alien here right right
1: and he live, and the scientist leaves their kids at the camping site
0: exactly leaves their kids at the camping site the partner is like what the fuck we're on vacation you work like 80 hours a week the fuck is your problem now you have to go and do find a
1: vacation yeah.
0: yeah you know hmm. and i just imagine i don't know i just had this image of like Everything going out the window, just like to go check telescope or check the email, to be like, oh my god, this is real, this is happening, and so many people waiting their entire careers,
1: right? Uh, um, like and yeah, looking at like the NASA um webpage on Oumuamua, there there was like wide speculation beforehand that an object like this would be found. Um, and there's a certain kind of like randomness to the fact that it came into into view, that it was actually detected. Uh, reading about interplanetary objects and near Earth objects, it's it, you realize just how limited our capacity still is concerning detecting objects in outer space.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: There isn't, you know, I've I've been watching a lot of Star Trek recently oh t n g the
0: next
2: generation
1: no i actually skipped t n g and went right to d s nine the deep space nine right and now i'm watching a bit of voyager oh. um and anyway, we can talk about star trek later if you want but uh, uh
2: yeah yeah of course
1: they they have all these sensors all the time and they they can, they can detect like microscopic stuff out in space uh but we're we're not we're nowhere near there yet
2: we're, we're
1: pretty far away from being able to even have like a a good scope of like everything that's near the Earth in in uh, in terms of like uh, objects that are even even with space scales are very different, right? You're talking hundreds of thousands of kilometers. Uh, I can't remember what the distance between the Earth and the Moon is, but it's absolutely enormous. um And then things are measured generally in, like, astronomical units, which is, like, this is between the Earth and the Sun. Um, Light years, you mean And then there's light years, too, which is an even greater distance. Um, The distance that the light travels during the span of a year in a vacuum, right? Um, So, yeah, the fact that Oumuamua was detected was partly a surprise as well, you know, it was, it wasn't, um, it wasn't particularly something that was predictable, you know, in any way.
0: And it was also interesting to read that, oh, pause one moment, I hear okay. a feedbacking out of my voice, can you hear that?
1: I can't hear it at all.
0: Ah, okay, I guess it's just on my head. Hmm. All good then. Um, coming back, with mm-hmm. to what I was going to say. Uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> oh no, that was, a, I remember now, I remember. Um, <laughs> uh, a little slip in the mind there. No, um, what I was going to say was, it was interesting to read that apparently so many interstellar objects pass by and you know, whatever human beings are looking through telescopes and that, that they're often missed. That they don't. This is one of the. This is the first that they caught on tele in a telescope. I mean that they were able to see. That there is also the assumption that many have passed by and will pass by, and that we as a species potentially won't even uh, won't even catch them. Right. We won't won't even even register the
1: majority of them.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: One of the indicators what that they cite in all those websites, all the all the like the news and the NASA website, um, the indicators that it was an object from outer space is its shape, because there w- there hadn't been any observed objects of this shape before, and also its speed, because it's traveling much faster than like. A solar comet or an asteroid—you know, something that belongs to our solar system. Uh, Oumuamua is traveling. I can't remember. I can't remember the precise numbers, Um, but it was significantly faster than. Was it not
0: so 39 kilometers per second or something
1: like this? Right. Uh, I'm looking at the NASA website here, and it says. Uh, It has it in miles. Uh, They say that it's traveling about 54 miles per second. So that would be about 100 kilometers per second, almost. Uh, And typically, the average comet or like object inside the solar system that belongs to the solar system would be doing about 12 miles miles per second, about 19 kilometers per second. That's ridiculous.
0: So fast. Slow down. Here's your head... Here's your hat. What's your hurry, Omoa?
1: But it, it goes to like the scope of these things. You know, it's like I cannot comprehend what the difference between 19 kilometers per second versus 90 kilometers per second is. You yeah. know, like the numbers, I can see them. I can, but I, you know, like actually imagining something that travels that fast—it's just like what I don't know.
0: I, and, I, and I think that's part of it. I think that, I have a lot of reflections about this, but generally speaking, I don't think that the human eye, the way that we are conditioned at this time in our evolution, I don't know if we have the adaptability to understand that immediately, in fact. Right. I mean, that something going that fast, I don't even know if you would be able to register if your eyeballs... <laughs> if your brain would be able to register that as a flash of light or anything.
1: Right. I mean, right? like, the only Perhaps. way that we're able to perceive these objects in any exactly. meaningful way is because we're so far away from them, right? Exactly. So they look like they're moving relatively slow.
0: Mm. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you were standing on a star and Omo and went past, I mean, I guess because you'd be standing on a star, maybe then you'd be... Evolved in a certain way then maybe you'd be able to observe it differently. But right. Never mind, I don't know. That was a bit of a petite chasse <laughs> moment. But, <laughs> um, but okay, that brings us to a very important part of this whole topic that we haven't even touched on yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here, but the speculation by the one one scientist who recently put out a book about Oumuamua. more Uh huh speculating that this is an alien life form right. and that we should in fact assume that it is um to be able to prepare ourselves for the future. Right. Was the gist of it um mm. that I sort of gathered.
1: There was a I remember like when it first when it was first announced there was some speculation was like is this a alien object in the sense, you know, uh, intelligent alien object of some sort, or you know, another species from wherever. Um, I don't know. I feel like there. I mean, like we can't know. I I know as much as anybody else, right? Nothing uh, in in relate, in relation to that
2: uh, I, question.
0: <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Hold on a minute. I what? <laughs> Whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> Let's back it up a moment. No, of course I know nothing about this
1: But also it's it's just like if this was an intelligent spaceship of some sort, it showed absolutely zero interest in us. It just kept <laughs> going on its merry way
0: Telly Ho Nothing huh. interesting down there. What's kid? that?
1: Just Earth. Okay, bye.
0: See ya. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is all under the speculation and assumption that, okay, I'm not totally, I don't necessarily think or not think that there are other life forms Mm -hmm. in other galaxies. I have no idea. In fact, I have given it a lot of thought Mm -hmm. because I think ever since I was a child, I've been very, uh, well, as a child, I was definitely quite preoccupied with the idea of death, mm-hmm. and I used to have a lot of dreams, mm-hmm. um, which not were not necessarily bad dreams or nightmares, mm-hmm. but definitely I would wake up or be sort of in this half-wake sort of sleep state where I would feel myself in a galaxy, sort of this uh, incredibly large galaxy and it was literally Mm -hmm. a vacuum of dust and i was just a speck of smaller than a speck of dust Mm -hmm. in this galaxy totally overwhelmed and it wasn't necessarily a feeling of um being oppressed or uh sort of being fearful of that situation but just knowing that (laughs) my life is meaningless no not necessarily (laughs) um not necessarily that, more than. That was my whole
1: childhood, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that was at the end. My childhood. <laughs> and then I woke up. It was all a dream, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all a dream. But uh, I had, well, I don't know what I, exactly what I'm trying to say, uh, ever. But uh, in this circumstance, I suppose I had the sense so of it's not all about me. <laughs> <laughs> Or that there was there was much more to our existence or something I don't know what I'm waxing on about. It's probably just bullshit, but I remember, anyways, I used to have those dreams
2: yeah I
1: remember two two encounters with aliens as a child
0: really
2: really uh the Here first
1: we go. was at a sort of fair um uh-huh. uh, You know, just, I I don't remember it very well. I just remember, like, I was with my dad. It was kind of like an outdoors, kind of like, you know, there's games that you can, like, play and win things on. And one of the stands had an ET, like a robotic ET. And I was probably, like, four years old. And that thing absolutely freaked the fuck out of me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because ET is, no, I'm sorry, all ET fans out there, all... Hordes yeah. of you that are listening to this. E.T. Yeah. is fucking scary.
1: He is the one e. weird-looking dude. Uh, yeah.
0: That finger? Like, put that away. Yeah.
1: Those giant eyes? Oh. I mean, like, I feel like I wasn't old enough to recognize that those eyes were meant to look kind. Uh, and that's why he was giving, like, big expressive eyes. Um, But he just looked like a menacing figure to me. Yeah, and, like,
2: I don't and, like and, and I
1: believe, you know, I wasn't Really able to separate fact from fiction. Maybe I was older. Maybe I was like six. Um, I feel like if I, I don't really remember much from when I was four, but from about six on, I, I do remember those things. Um, the other encounter that I had with aliens came much uh-huh. later, uh, maybe like two years later. And at the time, uh, my dad would get the newspaper. And I did not understand that the last page of the newspaper was just like for tabloid news. I just believed that the whole newspaper was news, you know, like or real tabloid. news. And <laughs> the last page there was an there was an article about aliens landing in Moscow in Russia. And I believed that it was true because I saw it in, I read it in the newspaper. And I was kind of, like, baffled that, like, more people were not shocked or, like, interested in this story. Uh, Which, to me, you know, because of of where I found it, seemed very real. Uh, And I guess, you know, because nobody else paid attention to it, I dismissed it after, like, a day or whatever, or a couple of hours. But when I read it, it was, like, really striking, and it stuck with me. And it was, like, aliens have landed on Earth, and they arrived in Moscow. Yeah,
0: of course they're in Russia because Russia is so often used as this sort of.
1: Of course, the aliens would be communists. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this was
0: like eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah, nineteen
1: eighty-seven. Sure. Yeah,
2: around so that curious. time.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I um, I mean, I think as a, as a one person, definitely the tabloids. I mean, how can you decipher? It's it, it's pr- printed matter. Um, adults seem to have access to it. Um, right. Sometimes you have to. There's an exchange of. there's like a financial exchange to get any type of newspaper, whether or not you know, whatever, regardless of what the adults feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So of course, I could totally imagine, especially if it's in one. Part like in one publication, part of what the same publication. I mean, and like the backside or the last page of the newspaper. Yeah. Naturally. I think uh,
1: at one point I looked up the art, just looked up the article, and I was able to find it again. Um, oh really? Yeah. Um, I think yeah maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll bring that up uh, for the next episode. I'll try to re- yeah. do some research and see if I can re-find it again, and I'll sh- okay, uh, I'll yeah. share a copy with you.
0: Sounds
1: good. We can put it in the show notes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's what people say, everybody listening. That's what people say in podcasts,
1: right? Right. Show notes, right? Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: Um,
1: But there was also, anyway, now that we're talking about aliens, that reminded me that there was another incident just last year uh, in which it was announced that life was found on Mars. I don't know if you remember this. But uh This
0: was last year?
1: Yeah, and it it was just like people would make jokes about it now there's like we found alien life and uh nobody even noticed. Well, I noticed. And then I read the article and like the article all it says is like they detected some uh matter I think it was might have been like um, some molecules uh, that may indicate the presence of life so it wasn't that they found alien life form it's that they found like a sign that it may have existed so yeah. the headlines as usual they they jumped a little farther ahead than what where the story led them yeah
0: sure yeah i have to admit i mean i don't think either of us would be that surprised that most or not most but that many people missed that article or that i don't even have it in my head because of course 2020
2: right
1: eh. there were a few other things to to preoccupy right
0: off (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah um that does jog my memory a little bit, but I have to admit I I do have a very bad memory. Um, I mean, what's bad memory? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like recall is so good for numbers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I can remember the expiration date of my <laughs>
1: everything in my fridge. Milk. Yeah,
0: yeah, everything in the fridge actually. Uh, any dairy products? I don't buy that many these days, but if I do have dairy products in the fridge, I'll remember the. Oh yeah, that butter I have right now mm-hmm. that expired on the. 4th of January, but it's still good.
1: Does butter expire? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I should check on that.
0: Yeah, I don't don't mind eating expired butter. I don't really notice a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I can't say that I'm trying to think if if I've had any contact with aliens. Do I remember (laughs) having contact with aliens (laughs) in my lifetime so far? Mm. Hmm. I think because I have such a vivid imagination, I probably have most certainly at certain points in my life convinced myself that I may have had alien encounters or encounters with uh, non-human animals,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, perhaps. I don't know. Aliens? Maybe they're more like fairies or spirits? Mm -hmm. I can't say. I have a very broad uh how would I say that? A very broad gauge of
1: what an alien would
0: what? Mean? Yeah, what I would potentially believe in that situation all. Mm-hmm. Cuz if someone said, "Oh yeah, this was an alien that you just saw."
2: Yeah.
0: I wouldn't necessarily look at the person in disbelief. I would perhaps like ask some follow-up questions. I mean, it depends who's saying that feel like if it was someone who i really don't trust Mm then
2: uh
0: but yeah it's tricky i find i am there was an incident
1: in montreal sorry you were gonna say me there was an incident in montreal like i I was because i was doing like research on like alien encounters in montreal oh yeah and there was like a pretty famous sighting in like i think it was 1990 or 1991 uh and i'll send you the clip i'll uh, i'll share the clip with you like there was like a almost a 10 minute segment on the cbc about it um and it's kind of funny because they have like two well they have like one main thing where a whole bunch of people see something but it's like really cloudy and there's uh this very bright object hovering in the sky okay uh, and anybody at the top of a hotel sees it, but uh-huh. for some reason they I'm like well, if the object was that bright and that visible, why didn't like nobody outside of this hotel roof report it um, <laughs> right
2: <laughs> and Good then point.
1: they find they find somebody who believes they saw something that night too, but what he describes it's totally different than what the people in the hotel roof said saw. So
0: What was his description?
1: Well, his description, well, what they saw was like a, sta- a stationary object, very bright lights, cloudy sky, hovering like directly over the hotel. What he saw was an object that moved around quite a bit and he saw it all the way from the Olympic Stadium uh, and he parked and like looked back and there was like the object right there. Uh, moving around over downtown montreal oh huh. there was one uh i think a meteorologist who was interviewed as well and he said it sounded like very bright like a very bright and in- a very particular incident of like northern lights uh, ah. which can be very bright and stationary you know not all northern lights are like this wavy green purple lights that uh Mesmer- that are mesmerizing right some of them can be more stationary more uh localized um so his description seems very possible but the the bulk of the story runs with the idea that it's an this enormous interstellar object hovering over downtown Montreal and only people at this one particular hotel pool uh kind of saw it and reported it they were en in mass
0: well, yeah. wow. They were in a hotel pool.
1: The rooftop pool.
0: I don't believe them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's photo evidence.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. Like cops
1: and reporters went up there, you know, when it was, when it was, uh, and they actually, the cops were intrigued enough that they asked the construction site next to the, because they were building like a skyscraper next to the hotel. And they asked them to turn off all the lights on the cranes, just to be sure that it wasn't like a reflection of those lights on the clouds and then back on the hotel.
0: Ah, so it's some police officers—it's not just guests at the hotel that saw it.
1: No, no, no. This lasted a few. The the light was there for like four or five hours.
0: Oh, fascinating.
2: Yeah,
1: lots of people got involved. The cops, the firefighters, journalists. Curious. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, that's so bizarre
1: I feel like there's but uh, the way the reporting was done like goes hand in hand with like most of uh, alien encounter reporting where they take one story and then in order to lend the credibility they try to attach another very different story to it so that's when you get that like the people who saw it from the hotel roof had a very different experience than the person who saw it over by the Olympic Stadium. But because it ha- because it allegedly happened in the same night, uh, the reporting tries to weave them both as though it's like one and the same thing. Even though your witnesses are reporting very different things. You
2: know,
1: conspiracy theories, that's how they work.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. Hmm. I think that I haven't read very many, uh, uh, how you say, reportage Mm -hmm. about...
1: um, Oh, you still use your (laughs) French. Yeah, great. (laughs)
0: Um, uh, About alien sightings. Uh But um, I did watch a lot of X-Files. In the yeah. 90s. Was yeah. it the 90s or the late 80s? No, it's I was the 90s. 90s. Yeah. yeah. And um, some of those uh, episodes scared the pants off of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other, other episodes really got me questioning. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think I was, I have to admit, a little bit too young to really put everything into perspective and try to formulate more
2: solid. Right. I went that. back. I mean, I really got to
0: watch them. Like, uh, my godmother um, recorded them on VHS the episodes and I didn't really
1: <laughs> watch them. <laughs> um, I think you can find on Wikipedia like a list of all the episodes that are that relate to like the alien, com- alien conspiracy that the show developed. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So I did that. So I started like rewatching all the episodes that related to like the um, the kind of like alien story arc, you know, because there there was um some collusion between these aliens and government, right? And even the United Nations uh-huh. was involved at some point in the show. Uh-huh. Um, and when you only watch the episodes relating to the alien conspiracy, you realize that the same thing is happening they there there's all they're, there's a huge mashup of stories that don't make sense altogether but because they all relate to the same subject they're treated as though it's you know they're exposing this large conspiracy but the conspiracy keeps changing every episode <laughs> 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 and you're like what but the aliens were doing this and now the aliens are doing that and then there's a ton a, of like unexplained stuff. Uh,
0: and what are they not doing?
1: Right. They're, not,
0: they're doing everything. They're oh. aliens. They're having the time of their lives.
1: <laughs> what they're about in the, the s- bees? There's an episode about bees. And
0: yeah. Oh, God, the bees. Yeah. Yeah. I think the episode that scared me the most was the one that referenced incest. And huh. um, mm-hmm. it was about a family and I believe the mother... I didn't even want to describe it, because my my mind immediately goes to the visuals, and I get a little bit... I I definitely get shivers down my spine, but uh, it turns out that there was a person who um, was female-identifying, and she... I don't think she had any limbs, and she was sort of strapped to this skateboard-type object. Wow. Uh, It was extremely creepy, and... um, the family, or at least some of the individuals that lived in this house, mm-hmm. appeared as if they had some, what I think would be called the birth defects. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the first scenes was they were burying a baby um, outside. I have a vague
1: recollection, recollection of that, yeah.
0: It was so scary. Whoa. Huh. Oh. That episode in particular really freaked me out. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was not fun to see as a young adult <laughs> <laughs> or young person, yeah. rather. Um, yeah, you must
1: have been like, what, yeah. 12, 13 at the time? Yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you knew this, perhaps you did, but The X-Files was mostly filmed in Vancouver or on the outskirts of Vancouver. Yeah.
2: I right. Didn't. Where I grew up, in mm-hmm. fact. Oh, really? Um,
0: yeah, and uh, David Tico- De mm-hmm. and I suppose Julian Anderson then were
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, apparently you know then in Vancouver often at that time or in the vicinity, and there were a few summers um, as a kid where we would do swimming lessons at this uh, swimming pool
2: mm-hmm.
0: in the middle of the city called mm-hmm. Kitsilano Pool. Mm-hmm. everybody calls it a kids pool it's an amazing swimming pool it's outdoor it's right on the ocean you're basically separated wow. from the ocean by a footpath
2: uh-huh.
0: so you're in the pool looking out over the mountains uh-huh. um, and the ocean it's quite striking and the pool is quite long it's known for um, it's like long um long length. How do you how do you say that? You can do laps there. So it's very good for lap swimming and people mm-hmm. in the summertime often I mean under normal circumstances when it's open.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um in the summertime many professional swimmers or uh, people who are uh, professionally training or what have you, they go there and they swim laps.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And anyhow, um, mm-hmm. as kids we would do swimming lessons there. Um it didn't feel like it was ever heated. There were rumors that there was seawater <laughs> in the pool water. Wow. Um, and <laughs> it was so cold; we'd have to be there at like seven o'clock in the morning, five days a week wow. uh, for a couple of weeks. I don't know. we were, I guess, my parents, my my parents couldn't swim. Uh, they never learned to swim. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think for them it was quite important that we were able to keep our heads <laughs> above water. <laughs> um, yeah, but so anyhow. So you just
1: swim and survive hypothermia at the same time.
0: Yeah, I, pretty much. Yes. Um, so the point I'm trying to make is that one time we were, uh, we were, there something messing, and someone, one of the kids said, hey, I think I saw David Duchovny pass me in the water here.
1: Yeah. Did they say and, Mulder? Pardon me? Did they say Mulder? I mean if it was a kid you would know them by their <laughs> by their character names more than their real probably,
0: names. Probably Probably was like, Oh my god, Mulder's in the pool. <laughs> it's Fox no, Mulder. Um, yeah, so I yeah. saw Mulder. So and uh apparently what had happened is like this child was swimming in my swimming class and he bumped into him in the lane. And mm-hmm. they sort of he hit him by accident and Mulder uh was like, Whoa Kind of like what the fuck, kid. Uh, I don't think he probably said anything, but the kid was like, oh, noticed who it was, <laughs> and sort of realized it. Oh my god, that's David Duchovny I in a swim cap and goggles in a speedo. Yeah. Um, and so my mother caught wind because I suppose I guess must have gotten on the phone and be like, Oh my god, mom, Mulder is here. And she must have been like, What? And so she went and grabbed one of the Yeah, they have those those little paper timetables for many community centers and things. Mm -hmm. Well, since this is a public pool, they had some sort of little flyer next to the front desk. Mm -hmm. And she grabbed one and ran over to the boys in my swimming class and said, go follow Mulder in there. Go follow him and get his signature, get his autograph for me. (laughs) And so she urged these kids. And they... They did it.
2: They wow. went in there.
0: They went in there, followed him into the change room the showers. I don't know where they caught yeah. him, but he did give, he did give them an autograph.
2: Wow. In the,
0: the changing room slash showers of kids pool in Vancouver, <laughs> British Columbia, Canada.
2: So your mom And still so my has mom this. took
0: it and gave it to my godmother because my godmother was totally crazy about the show.
2: Oh, wow.
0: And, yeah. And I'm, I mean, my. I don't know if I've talked ever to my godmother about it, but I'm quite sure she was uh, thrilled, to I say w- the w- least. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's a good story. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor David Duchovny. I mean, could you imagine? I'm sure it happened to him, the him all room? the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Can that soon. Yeah. Have you ever met
2: uh, anyone, like any celebrities, person? No, not
1: really. Yeah. I mean, like I've met like some musicians. That's about it. But
0: Oh, yeah? Which ones?
1: Uh, just uh, at their shows, really. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of Wilco when I was like in my early 20s. And I went oh. to a show and the whole band was like playing frisbee outside the university campus in calgary um and yeah i just went up to them and asked for like a couple of autographs and they did and then they quickly went back into the tour bus because they're like oh god yeah <laughs> people are asking for our autographs let's let's hide you yeah.
0: gee man we're just trying to play this relaxed you game just ruined frisbee our fucking here. game
1: of frisbee thanks a lot yeah
0: can we just? Can you just give us a break here? I know yeah. we're Wilco, but yeah,
1: come
0: on, we can't be Wilco all the time. We're right? We're also human yeah. beings, you just want to be like frisbee.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: What kind of frisbee was it?
1: I can't remember. I was so nervous. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh man. But good for you. Yeah. That takes a lot of guts, a lot of gumption. I guess so. Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, yeah. think
0: <laughs> certain frisbees really look like ufos though they sort of i mean certain frisbees you know i feel like when i was younger there was only one kind of frisbee you can only find the plastic the hard plastic
1: heavy ones right
0: exactly with no they were just one piece solid right with the rim that was it and then you got i got a little bit older and i noticed some of the kids at the park or then like Maybe teenagers at that time, they had those round ones with the hole in the middle. Right, right, right.
2: It's a ring. And I feel
0: like, yeah, they were often hot pink for some right, reason. Right, right, right.
1: Um, a little...
0: Yeah. Nearby where I grew up, in fact, there was there's a big park called Elizabeth Park mm-hmm. in Vancouver. And um, there was a frisbee golf area. So... I don't exactly know how it worked. I don't know if I ever saw anybody playing frisbee golf. I've played a couple of times of, yeah. you've played yeah, 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 okay, so how does it work i I've seen the goal poles, but the goal poles look like these sort of chain things it's just a little like bucket Weird yeah. garbage cans
1: right yeah. right right, yeah, um basically, yeah, you just have like frisbees of different weights um, and uh, slightly different shapes too so that you can throw them, you know, you can, it's like golf clubs, you know, your your golf swing generally will be about the same, it's just like the weight of your club and the shape of it will be different, and that way you'll hit farther if you're using a different club than another one, Uh, so it's the same with frisbees, different weight and different shape will travel farther. Uh, but you kind of do the basic saying throw every time. Uh, oh, but some of them are like quite heavy so that you can like smash through like branches and stuff.
0: Smash. Yeah. Did you see how I smashed through those branches, bro? I,
1: and I touched the bucket. Yeah. I, I almost oh, landed it in the bucket. Yeah.
0: Are these, is this a terminology? Like you. I have
1: no idea. Smash
0: branches. Touch I have the
1: no bucket. idea. I have no idea. I I mean like like I said I played like twice maybe like 15 years ago.
0: This is fascinating to me because I I grew like I said I grew up next to this area mm-hmm. and um always it was totally opaque to me. I never never had any idea in mind of what that could entail, what that could look like. And I think until you like you just now saying this to me, now I have an idea and I think, "Oh, okay, that's definitely plausible." Like I could understand that. But when you just see little goal post set up and it just said some sign somewhere so it of says frisbee golf and there's some like right. graffiti over top of it or someone scratched it out to make it look mm-hmm. like something obscene um
1: i feel like it must have been something that was popular at some point and then like quickly went out of style but city decided when it was popular to build like a few golf a few like frisbee golf courses and by the time they were set up the fad was already passed And then, you know, 15 years later, uh, a friend of mine noticed that they were there and then we decided to play. But, like, it's the sort of thing that probably, I don't know, maybe a couple of hundred of people in the city would know about and play. Uh, And that's about it. In Calgary, you Yeah, in Calgary. This was in Calgary.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Curious. Yeah. One thing that we touched upon at the beginning, in uh, pre-recording, but haven't touched on yet, going back to, like, Oumuamua. Yes. Uh, you mentioned the shape.
0: Oh, the shape! This yes! This is an important
1: thing. So, yeah.
0: the uh, yeah, that was quite striking, in fact. So, across most of the articles you read, well, all of the articles you read about Oumuamua, is that it is described that the material that it is presumed to be made out of
2: mm-hmm.
0: is not could not be a comet because it doesn't have the tail a comet has. Yeah, no, it doesn't have an
1: ice cloud around it, right?
0: Exactly. The gases that are the gaseous materials that are usually, uh, that usually come off of a comet that's with it, 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 this doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. But they've all been described as it being, the shape of it is approximately, uh, what is it, 100, perhaps 10 to 100 times longer than its width. Right. And the words they use to describe that, the descriptors, are all a cigar-shaped interstellar object. Right. And that's what I was saying to you exactly before uh, we started recording.
2: And um, you get all,
1: like, in all the articles you get this kind of, like, artist rendition of, like, yes. the um, the of the interstellar object. Yeah. Yes. And it just looks like yes. this giant turd. right
0: it does talk about vowel movements am i right <laughs> bringing it back to vowel movements we have to have a conversation about that later yeah. but yeah exactly it looks like a it looks like a flying turd yeah. floating turd just hurtling itself through galaxies through space
2: yeah
0: our and, and my question is why did they say cigar like object i mean okay think of a cigar it's yeah. reddish brown which yeah. makes sense, because they're saying that Oumuamua oh, definitely has a sort of reddish hue from radiation. Right, right, right. Uh, but, I mean, that to me just says hot dog.
2: Right. Why not yeah, just yeah.
0: say wobbling hot dog yeah. or warbling? They could use other, other adjectives. Tumbling. Uh, the word they
1: use is tumbling. Um, because it's not... Tumbling. It's not a... Uh, because it's spinning. Yes. Uh Really fast. Actually. Right. Uh, I'm trying to remember the rate of, like, rotation that it had. I think it was, like, maybe, like, uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, anyway, it's spinning relatively fast, um, and it's tumbling. And, like, from what I've read, what that means is that it's not rotating, uh, on one particular axis all the time. So, it's this, like, spinning hot dog, but it's not spinning in, like, the exact same direction all the time. It's actually, like, the spin is changing constantly because the axis is not permanent. It's not, like, um... uh, It's not, like, directly... How would I put this? It's not, like, a symmetrical axis, for example. Yeah. So
0: yeah 'cause it's a poop it's an interstellar poop <laughs> you know it's right. a little it's a it's a it's a little turd shaped long turd
1: mm-hmm.
0: um you know turds aren't necessarily always uniform right
1: now. and they it's shape like yeah it's it's amazing how again you know going to like the limits of like what humans can observe so far the the fact that they say it's anywhere from a hundred to a thousand meters in length, yes uh, you know that's that, that's a significant range in that's terms of like range. objects that I can hold in my hands uh, <laughs> maybe in yeah. astronomical terms it's like it's not that huge a range, but like on human scale it is
0: uh, <laughs> it could either sort of part of it could fit in your apartment or part of it might not fit in your apartment.
1: Yeah might take the the whole block yeah
0: yeah whole block or you know Mm -hmm. uh the neighborhood and the only uh,
1: way that they can tell that it you know the way that they can tell the size is because it's uh because of the way it reflects light you know so there's there's a certain cycle that it goes through as it's tumbling uh so it's kind of like blinking you know like a telescope would see like a blinking object yeah Um, because the light is not constant. If you're looking at a, a, like a spherical object like Earth, the light it's reflecting is fairly constant because the object has a uniform shape relatively, so it's reflecting back the same light all the time. But Oumuamua, because of its shape, because of its motion, it's like this blinking object. Yeah. Uh, and the rate of blinking, I guess it's. Changing a little bit all the time too. Interesting. Yeah. No.
0: So, but this brings me to another thought, Samuel, yes. my dear friend. Do you? Th- I something about. Okay, I I totally understand the human curiosity of an interstellar object, for her, like coming close to our earthly, close-ish to our earthly mm-hmm. atmosphere, so that we could see a shadow of it in a telescope, mm-hmm. but there's a certain what gets me is a certain air of arrogance, human arrogance to Oh, maybe an arrogance is perhaps not the right word, but to need to know what it is. And I think oh. that part of my curiosity about it is not necessarily just about the interstellar object itself, about Oumuamua, but more as a sort of social experiment or um, to observe the humans who are so fascinated with it and have this need to know at, at attitude
2: Hmm.
0: about I think that Uh I I don't think I can necessarily relate to the need to know. Of course, of course I think as if I were a scientist, Mm -hmm. um, definitely you'd want to research this uh, and understand because of course it will affect have uh, uh, it's deeply, deeply affecting research to come in the future. Of course, you know, one thing leads to another, it's a domino effect. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I find for me somehow, yeah, I don't know. It just feels a little bit arrogant that human beings sometimes need to figure things, these things out. Does that, Make yeah. any sense to you, or am I totally?
1: I feel like corrupted. I can see it more in terms of like um looking at like other life on Earth. Yes. Um, and like the way that science used to be conducted in terms of, or like it's conducted still in animals, I guess, where you know, in order when you discover a new species, you want to dissect the new sample, um, or you want to collect a specimen, right, and like be able to study it closely. Uh, and i feel like th- that feels kind of like more like a invasive that more kind of like this uh human impulse to understand and dominate the environment
0: yes um, exactly
1: whereas um i feel like Astronomical observation doesn't, for me, doesn't carry the same sort of kind of uh, uh, arrogance, oh, perhaps.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same. Way. For the it's simple
1: fact thing. that you know that that there's there there is a huge uh, human limitation. I mean, like I, I mentioned a couple of times, my like inability to like fully comprehend distances uh, okay. at that scale or sizes at that scale and i feel like there there is a certain sense in which you know understanding the universe and having like this kind of like a um, theory of how the how matter and and physics work may does present a sort of kind of like uh, arrogance but the arrogance is like is is more like in understanding not yes. in the same way that it happens like on a more human scale where it's like it's an arrogance of like having power over
0: exactly sort of lording over something because oh i know exactly how this works and therefore i can you know right uh yeah have but power like, over it exactly what you
1: knowing said. yeah you're you're not yeah it's it's a it's a weird and i don't claim to know where you know one thing starts and another ends um in terms of like this this kind of like a range of arrogances that that may that may happen you know it's like you you can kill an animal and like examine it, but something like Oumuamua, you are asking more questions than you'll ever be be able to answer like part of like discovering interstellar objects is uh, like smashing your head against the limits of your observational powers like exactly instantly.
0: you yeah. are a mere speck of dust in the universe right <laughs> just like the dream just... perhaps was a prophecy <laughs> not going to get into it Not. don't actually think that but
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah hmm? how are you mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Samuel, I'm just looking at the clock here.
1: Should we start wrapping it up?
0: I think we can start wrapping it up. First episode. We didn't talk about Star Trek.
1: No, that's okay. Uh, We can save it for another episode.
0: We can save that for another time. It'll be Star Trek's little cliffhanger for all you gentle listeners. Right. Right?
1: (laughs) Every now and then, they would do like a multi-episode Storyline. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: About Star Trek. Yeah, and then everyone will be you'll be so excited, gentle listener, that you'll definitely <laughs> want to tune in to episode two whenever that'll happen.
2: Yeah.
0: Which I don't I think it'll will not happen that long from mm. now. I don't I think hope, it'll be so. yeah, later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, wrapping it up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that went okay.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Yeah. I like the many directions this, this led us to. Yeah,
0: Uh, I felt pretty good about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll, we'll have like a, we'll take some time to like see where, where the next podcast leads.
0: I guess we will. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, me too. If
0: anyone's listening out there, uh, as I scream into the void, uh, (laughs) You know, thanks for joining us. Yeah. That was a real pleasure. Uh I feel immense privilege that you've spent this time listening to us ramble on. Uh we even got vowel movements in there. Uh which I was really pleased Looking about. Looking forward to. So, yeah. Thank you. Mm. Um, yeah. So I don't know what else to say other than thanks for listening.
1: And we'll catch you next time.
0: Catch you next time. Um I thought uh, we'd add this little segment at the end just to try it out, but um, a little thank you segment, not just to oh, you. Oh, right, 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 right! I almost it. forgot. Yeah, but to also uh, uh random act of kindness, if you will, or uh, you know, a mm-hmm. uh, anyhow, I don't know what word to define it as, but yeah, so, uh, so thank thanking people um, that would not normally be thanked on this kind of platform (laughs) so who would i like to thank today oh i would like to thank my cat well Mm -hmm. not my cat but my partner's cat my Mm -hmm. step cat peter (laughs) for hanging in there you know for having an okay week Mm. uh he's he's doing much better he was sick last week but i would like to thank peter for Mm. basically not dying
1: great great (laughs) for pulling through (laughs) peter yeah
0: I'm very grateful for him. He's very fluffy, oh. and I really appreciate him in my life. Would you like to thank anybody?
1: I feel special? like, uh, in relation to like our previous, you know, our pre-show conversation, the people I would like to thank, and there's a number of them, not too many, but there's a few of them, who have, at some point in the last few weeks, uh, smiled at me on the street.
0: Oh, that's
1: nice. And they've done so, even though I was wearing a mask, and I, wow. I smiled at them while wearing a mask, and they smiled back. Um,
2: that's really nice.
1: And I'm like, wow, I can smise you know? <laughs> I you
0: smiled.
1: Thank you for like recognizing my smiling. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's really nice. Yeah. That's great. Mm- Very
2: cool. Okay.
0: I guess uh, we'll see you on the other side. Or hear you on the other side. Or you'll hear us.